0: Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill
1: Bannum. In this CPSA Sales Pro Chat episode, we'll consider lessons from an awesome recent report on seven deadly sins of closing, what they are, and how to overcome misunderstandings. Our guest this time is James Muir, author of the number one best selling book, The Perfect Close. James is a professional sales trainer, speaker, and coach. As Vice President of Business Development at AVOT, he is in the trenches daily with reps, educating, coaching, and taking on the challenges of the day. His content and interviews are some of the best out there, and his website packs some impressive tips and awesome ebooks. James, welcome to the show.
0: Bill, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here.
1: So beyond my short intro there, James, please, can you tell the audience a bit more about yourself and at a high level, tell us about some of the work that you do to help junior and mid-level sales pros hit their quotas?
0: Sure. Uh, well, I'm the, I am the president of Best Practice International. And as you mentioned, I'm the author of the best-selling book, The Perfect Clothes. Uh, my background is in the B2B healthcare space. And I've had the pleasure of, uh, of selling to and speaking for some of the largest names in uh, healthcare and technology out there what well, we we specialize in b2B complex sales that's our main focus um, and basically it's it's our job to make entrepreneurs salespeople and executives as effective as they can be um, that would be the short version without giving you my life story but uh, that's it that's essentially what we do.
1: Thank you very much. Now we're going to take a slightly different approach to today's show, ladies and gentlemen, instead of um, being bored with my dulcet tones when I interject with more questions, I'm going to kind of uh, ask ask you now, James, to take us through each of your seven deadly sins of closing and... Um, and uh, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy like the rest of you listeners. So um, starting with myth one, which I think is uh, sales gambits work. But please take us through the, those seven.
0: Sure. Let's go through all of these uh, that come out of that report. Um, you know, probably it makes sense before we just dive right into the myths, maybe to just talk one second about what closing is. And there's probably as many definitions uh, for closing as there is salespeople. And a lot of those definitions tend to boil down to something like, you know, that thing that you say that gets the customer to buy. Um, The problem with that definition is that it kind of paints the close into this all or nothing sort of request. And and the truth is, uh, statistically, uh, complex sales can't be treated that way. Um, Another common definition that I often encounter is it's everything that you do in the sale from the very beginning to the very end. And and I believe that, by the way, but the, the problem with that kind of a definition is it's just so broad that it's not really useful. And, and so that kind of a definition essentially redefines closing as all of selling. And so uh, for me, I like to rely on uh, Neil Rackham's definition. And and if your audience isn't familiar with Neil Rackham, the, the world of selling owns a, a big debt of gratitude to a guy named Neil Rackham. In the 1980s, Neil Rackham conducted the largest sales study ever done, and then he authored a book called Spin Selling. And uh, in that book, he created some really valuable definitions, and one of those uh, is, is closing. And uh, his really simple uh, definition is anything that puts the customer in a position involving some kind of commitment. And uh, a couple other useful ones uh, that we talk about in the book, uh, though, is an advance, which is he defines as progressing the sale uh, going forward in a little way. And then another one is continuation, which is a situation where the sale is going to continue, but there's no specific action agreed upon by that customer to move forward. So um, that is kind of with that backdrop, it's probably it's a lot easier to see because I rely uh, fairly heavily on the study work that he did uh, in these uh, myths that we're talking about. But the very first uh, myth is that close closing gambits work, and some people call them techniques. I call them gambits because almost all the techniques, quote unquote, that you find out there are actually manipulative. And the premise behind all of those is that they work. And um, people who have a lot of faith in closing gambits are often surprised to learn that Neil Rackham actually tested the correlation between a favorable attitude towards those closing gambits or those closing techniques and sales success and actually discovered that the people with the favorable attitude towards closing actually performed 21% worse and those that were skeptical about those same techniques. And then he went on uh, to test the success of the closing techniques uh, after training, and he discovered that the use of closing techniques or gambits actually reduced uh, sales closes or closure by approximately 15%. So the, the fact of this particular myth is that closing gambits are actually negatively correlated to success, and they actually decrease sales success in the range of uh, 15% or so. So um, the, the second myth that everybody knows is, uh, is that always be closing. And thanks to Alec Baldwin and uh, Glen Glenn Ross, we all know the ABCs of sales, which is always be closing, right? But um, we sometimes hear this also as this axiom, close early and close often. And unfortunately, this has been tested. And beyond the first attempt, there's actually a negative correlation between closing frequency and call success and so neil rackham found that in high closed calls when he said high closed calls he means where they they're, they've asked more than once more you know more times um they had a success rate of approximately 37% whereas low closed calls where there was only either one ask or or, or very few uh, had a, a a success rate of approximately 70% so increasing close attempts actually proved to be 33% less effective than closing less. So the, the fact on this particular myth of always be closing is actually to pass the first attempt, there's actually a negative correlation between closing frequency and sales call success. So uh, obviously the, the point of learning all of these myths is, is that if you find yourself believing in one of these myths and then acting on it like this particular one, you're actually decreasing your effectiveness as a sales professional. So um, the next myth is that uh, closing gambits work on both large and small sales. And, uh, and Neil Rackham also tested the effect of closing on uh, large and small sales. And he actually found that in small sales, that closing gambits actually do improve uh, sales closure by about 4%. So it's pretty modest. But in large sales, he discovered that the use of closing gambits actually reduced sales um, by 9%. So The the big question is, all right, well, where's that threshold then? Where's the threshold between – at what point does a small sale become a large sale, right? And um, amazingly, the answer to that question is just $109. That's the threshold. So, of course, if you sell a lot of stuff below $109, maybe now is the time to whip out the double reverse close or one of these manipulative clothes you've probably read on the Internet. But for the rest of us and almost everybody that I work with – it, we all sell something that's that's north of $109. So for us, using those kinds of closing gambits actually backfire and reduce effectiveness. So the, the fact of this particular myth is, is that closing gambits become counterproductive above $109. So the, uh, the next myth uh, is that closing gambits show that you want the business. And of course, on the surface, this is obvious. I mean, the customer knows that you want the business, right? Um, the real question is, do customers see closing gambits either positively or negatively? And uh, in a very recent uh, study of B2B buyers, they took six of these closing techniques um, that were they were tested to uh, their impact on buyer trust after they were used. And you'll recognize some of these classic closes, the assumptive close, the yes set close, uh, model example, reciprocity, if then, and impending event. Those are the six they tested. And the, to just cut to the chase, what they found is that in every single case, in every one of them, that the sales technique proved to actually damage trust with the B2B buyer. And predictably, the most manipulative techniques damage trust the most. So um, the fact is, is, is a ga- uh, closing gambits, You know, th- while they make sure that you want the business, that's not the point here. The point is that closing gambits actually damage trust. And if you want to maintain trust with your client, you're better off not using them. So um, the next one's kind of interesting. Uh, the next myth is that uh, customers are actually happier after making a decision. And so uh, on this, and there's uh, there's you know, some famous people out there that are pushing this one right now. And the thinking seems to be this, and that is clients are happier after they've made a decision. So manipulating or, or pressuring the client into making a purchase is actually for their own good. And I'm sure you all recognize this as the end justifies the means type of thinking. And it probably makes for great rationalization among some salespeople. But as it turns out, it's actually very wrong. Um, How satisfied people are with their decisions after they make them while under pressure happens to be an area that is very well studied by social scientists. And the studies show that the vast majority of people are actually very much less satisfied when they make decisions under pressure. And that's actually especially true when it comes to purchasing decisions. So, And this can have some really serious negative ramifications to your after-sale relationships and your long-term relationships with clients. So if you want to avoid buyer's remorse or cancellations or left-field complaints after the sale, I really recommend that you avoid this kind of thinking because the fact on this particular myth is that customers are very much less satisfied with their decisions when they're made under pressure. So don't pressure clients. Um So, this next myth uh, is the sixth myth, and that's the one that I fell into when I first got into sales over thirty years ago and you know with all this talk about how closing gambits don't work you you might come to the conclusion that you shouldn't attempt to close at all and there's actually a few people out there that are proponents of that mentality, but that's taking it too far. Um, what the studies show is that you must make an effort to advance the sale. In some way, in order to be successful, and so um, let's look at the data here. What what studies show actually is that the problem of, of not advancing the sale at all is much bigger than the problem of using closing gambits. Um, what the studies show is that, depending on the industry, 50 to 90 percent of all sales encounters actually end with no commitment being asked for whatsoever. And uh, and if you want, if you ask me, hey, why is that the case? What I would tell you is that um, most salespeople are not actually comfortable with the sales techniques that they've been taught, the closing techniques they've been taught. And since it's not in alignment with their personal values and they don't know what to say that is in alignment, they just say nothing. And so so that's why 50 to 90% of your sales encounters end up with no commitment being asked for is because they haven't figured out a very comfortable way to do that that's in alignment with their own personal values. Um, so uh, but what's... Um, neil rackham discovered is that just by asking one question just by asking one closing question it will raise your chances of advancing or closing the sale by 36 percent and um and i've got a quote right here uh from him and uh he says it perfectly here he says traditional closing techniques are not the best way to obtain a commitment from a customer in a major sale but as we've seen doing nothing isn't effective either the sale doesn't close itself so So you have to make some sort of effort to advance the sale, the sales aren't going to close itself, and that's basically our fact on this particular myth: is that sales don't close themselves. You got to make some kind of an effort to advance or close the sale. And of course, of course, that's the whole point of the book: perfect close is that how can we do that in a way that's zero pressure, non-confrontational, and all that. Um, and then the final myth is is this, and that is that salespeople actually fear asking for commitment. And this is basically just a half myth; it's not really true. Professionals don't fear so much asking for commitments as much as they fear damaging trust and rapport and appearing pushy. That's what they're really afraid of. And so the key to addressing any kind of reluctance um, is to just address the underlying issues and the beliefs that are the source of that reluctance. And if you do that, what happens is the reluctance disappears. And um, so when it comes to closing reluctance, uh, there's usually one of five things going on. And, uh, and this is from my personal experience and that is that the, the professional either fears that um, they don't want to be pushy, right? Or the professional fears being humiliated in some way when they ask, or they're, they, they're afraid that they're underprepared. Um, they're afraid that they're going to they're, they're lose a closed sale. Um, or the worst case is that they're ashamed to be in sales. One of those five things typically is the reason behind their reluctance to ask. And, uh, but these issues can be addressed, like I mentioned before, by addressing those underlying uh, beliefs. And once we've addressed that, then the the, uh, reluctance goes away. So by placing a little thought into the way we ask, we can advance the sale without being pushy, right? We can ask in a way that's not pushy. Um, By crafting questions that uh, make the replies predictable, then there's no risk of getting humiliated because you're not going to get surprised uh, by the response. Um, by keeping their questions you know simple and facilitative, there's really no reason for us to over prepare for it. We you know you don't have to um, walk into a situation feeling like you won't know what to do. Um, and by just using an ingeniously designed query, each uh, reply is going to advance the sale, and that's the key, of course, to the perfect sale is every time we either get an advance or we get a close. And then lastly, um, I would just say this, and that is that that selling is service, and that by selling with pure intent, you know, sales becomes a noble profession it's not worthy of shame. people shouldn't be ashamed to be in sales, and if they are, it probably means that they're doing something wrong uh, in in the way that they're selling they're thinking about themselves first or they're being selfish first, but selling is really about helping and serving another person. Um, all of our clients out there, all of our customers out there they're just trying to advance or improve their lives in some way they're trying to accomplish something and if they could do that without us they they wouldn't be talking to us, right? They, so they need help They need help from us. And so um, I, yeah, every one of us would love to have a coach that would um, help us move forward on whatever thing, maybe we're, you know, we're, we have fitness goals or whatever our goals are, that we would love to have a coach that would just help us move forward step-by-step step to get to our goal. And so when people have this particular reluctance here, we just need to reset that mindset and help them understand that what we're doing is the customer is looking for a coach and we can be a coach and, and those are all very positive things by helping them move forward in a small way. Um, you know, it becomes more that it's not really about closing. It's about coaching, about leadership, about education. And, uh, and so that's my challenge. Of course, to salespeople is that uh, they can be better coach. They can be better leaders, but once they've got themselves aligned, with that understanding that when we're selling with pure intent, this is a noble profession where we're helping people um, move forward uh, from where they are to where they want to be. So there shouldn't be any reluctance there. So uh, that's a a big way of saying with this particular myth that, um, you know, it's not that salespeople fear asking for commitments. Um, It's, it's they fear these other things. And so if we address the underlying issues uh, with closing, then that eliminates the, the fear and reluctance. So that is, in fact, the uh, the seven different myths. Um, uh, Bill, do you have any other you know, other questions for me that you want to? I mean, we can elaborate on any of these if you'd like.
1: No, I, I've, I've been sitting there making lots of notes, <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's time time for me to digest. But one one last question I do have for you, a multi-pronged last question, um, it, it's just how can our listeners learn more about you? Also, where can they go to sign up for the, for the report that we we focused on today? And um, and also, where can they go to buy a copy of the perfect clothes?
0: Oh, sure. So, um, well, obviously, uh, just to restate, my, I'm James Muir. I'm the author of that book, The Perfect Clothes. And uh, if they if they want to get a copy of it, you know they can get it on Amazon, or uh, that's really the best place to get it. Uh, but it is in retail stores, you can find it there too. Um, the best way if they want to connect with me is to go to my uh, website, go to puremuir.com P-U-R-E-M-U-I-R.com. If you take that same domain and you add forward slash resources, then it'll take you to a huge page full of about 20 different resources, one of which is this report that you um, called me about is called The Seven Deadly Myths of Closing. Um, But there's also uh, sales planning forms. There's agenda templates. There's a whole bunch of other stuff on there. First three chapters of the book are on there to make sure it's for you. Um, And they can all download that for free. There's no cost to any of that stuff. Um, If they want to stay in touch with me, they can certainly follow me on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, They can even follow me on Facebook. If they don't mind seeing my personal stuff, I'm happy to do that. Um, but, uh, those are probably, and, and really the best way is, uh, to, to sign up for the newsletter on puremure.com because then you can uh, get all the latest, most current that all, it all goes out first to my, uh, newsletter subscribers. They get all the latest, uh, science and stuff that I'm working on. So, uh, that's probably the best way.
1: Perfect. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, James Muir, thank you very much for being the guest on the Salesforce chat show.
0: Thanks for having me on Bill. I, uh, I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.